Iowa everywhere. Success in farming is all about precision and efficiency. Ensuring every seed, every drop of water, every nutrient and treatment counts. TerraPlex Ag is helping farmers all over Iowa and the Midwest do just that. With precision ag drone technology and support from TerraPlex, you'll boost your productivity and make timely and informed decisions, all while reducing your costs and increasing your profit. It's time to revolutionize your farming. Harvest the benefits with TerraPlex Ag. Visit TerraPlexAg.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Making Mems. I am Adam Pedersen here with the jet setting. Jordan Bohannon coming to you live from California. Knows how to party. <laughs> What's a top up, brother? Top tier introduction again. All time song, of course. That is all time song. Hey, when I was when I was playing the Los Angeles Lakers uh, G League team last year, they played that yeah. song for the game. I was like, this, this is pretty cool. Hype. Yeah. You're looking around like, man, all those hours dribbling basketballs and shooting basketballs paid off. Well, close, but <laughs> in the moment, it was yeah. paying off, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, when that Terraplex ag uh, ad plays at the beginning, it makes me—it's like the perfect rhythm. It makes me want to do the swag surf, like I'm at a Chiefs game. Whoever did the production, they—they they deserve a. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, Sunday was a wonderful day for me. I am a big Chiefs fan. It's been a nice little run we've been on. Um, I think all of America, officially, unless you're a Chiefs fan, hates us for the most part, but that comes with winning. Yeah. Uh, beautiful day. Go Chiefs. What a day it was. I did you watch? I'm assuming you watched most of it. Oh, yeah. Whole thing locked in. I'm not like a social Super Bowl, Super Bowl party guy. I am absolutely locked in on the game, especially when my team's playing. What did you think outside of the football game? What did you think of the commercials? Honestly, a bit of a letdown. I feel like they're getting progressively worse. I used to be so hyped for the Doritos, Budweiser. Um, what am I missing? There was like the big three. It was Doritos, Budweiser. I can't remember the other one, but they were always just so awesome. And then you, a few randoms would get thrown in there that would just like take your breath away almost. And the Dunkin' Donuts one was good, but I don't know. I was disappointed. Budweiser basically just had a dog run up to a horse and then said, drink Budweiser. Mm -hmm. It was a bummer. I, did you – I'm slamming my table. Jeez. It's okay. Um, I forgive you. The <laughs> – the FanDuel one, I was like, what is going on here with yeah. Rob Gronkowski? I'm like, what in the hell is this? Well, that's because they're not as good as DRF Sportsbook. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we are coming to you live, by the way, from the Channel Seed Studios. Um, Jordan's in a much better setting than us from Dude, the Channel Seed My computer's just going black right now. <laughs> no, I can see you. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm just, I got to keep touching it, I guess. Mine does that sometimes, and I have to hit Control Alt Delete, and then open up the Task Manager, and then my screen will come back, and then, but it'll do it like every two, three minutes throughout the interview. It's terrible. That sounds really hard. What you just explained. I'm just <laughs> keep touching your mouse. Yep, just keep touching it, baby. Um, did you see? Did you watch any of the Waste Management Open? I did not watch. Well, okay, that's a lie. I watched the last day. I'm, I guess I'm more, which is I'm probably what you're going to talk about here is mm -hmm. the insane videos that were mm -hmm. going around on the Internet. That's mostly what I watched. Yeah. Complete debauchery. Yeah. I am a, like, I don't know. Obviously, when I was in college, I got crazy. I did what most college kids do. Um, and But I just have so far removed from that. And I get, honestly, like, I just feel bad for when I see adults, like, who can't walk and are puking and falling in mud and are passed out or sitting at a table peeing their pants and you're like in your 30s i'm just kind of thinking aren't you embarrassed by this mm. let's mm. shape it up a little bit here yeah. but i don't want to be judgmental because i make mistakes too but boy it's tough to watch that no, adult behavior I, I agree with you i don't understand how someone can get to that point where you're that old and you're <clears throat> that messed up yeah well, okay, I take that back. There's there's scenarios where I feel like there's boundaries, right? Yeah. 
but it's mostly in a private boundary. Yeah. We're in a sporting event where it's what there's 500,000 people. They said within the four mm-hmm. days or six days that it came, came to yep. waste management. I mean, you can get, I have no problem with that, but like getting to the point where most of people were or not most of people, I shouldn't say a most. lot, a lot. Yep. A lot. Crazy. Crazy. Um, our boy, uh, I shouldn't say our boy, your boy. We claim him because we're Iowan. You're actually like legit on speaking terms with him. Zach Johnson was catching a lot of flack from the drunk fans there about the Ryder Cup. And I was disappointed in the Ryder Cup performance too. It's not all on Zach though. Golfers got to go out there and make shots. Uh, and I texted you. I said, I, I want to go out there and be his personal security and start just forearming people right in the nose for getting after our boy Zach. Yeah. I thought sports is such a weird thing. I mean, the more we, the more we talk, Adam, like I just feel like it's so cringe. Like some of the stuff that gets said to this, some of these athletes, and I mm-hmm. get it. I get it. Like he, not that he deserves criticism, but a lot of people do deserve some shape, way, way shape, or form of sure. criticism. But I mean, how people go about it, it's just so cringe, in my opinion. Like the guy's yeah. on a golf course playing professional golf, and mm-hmm. someone has the balls to say something while he's hitting. Like it's just weird, in my opinion. Like, no, I know, I bet it was probably like a 45 year old man that, like, it's just probably. Weird just so weird yeah weird weird fan behavior it's and it's all a lot of it has become like if for clout and you got your phone out but you're seeing like <laughs> i saw one over the weekend and mb i can't remember the game it was there was a guy sitting behind the bench and he has a son he's probably 40 he's got like his eight-year-old son with him and he's just absolutely going off on one of the players from the other team behind the bench and then the player don't get me wrong. I don't think what he said warranted him getting kicked out, but the player asked security to have him removed. And then him and his son, this moment is ruined. Like, you got to be embarrassed. Your eight-year-old son is watching this now. He's got to leave oh, I saw in front that, of yeah. thousands of people with you. And some of these NBA players asking guys to leave, it's a little soft in my opinion, but just don't say stuff that risks it and don't be an idiot. Like, enjoy this amazing moment you're having with your kid. That's the I feel like that's more crazy than anything, like courtside fans talking yeah. crap. Not, let's say talking crap to a point where it's like unwarranted talking crap. Yeah. Like just no needs for it. Yep. Like say no- like throw shots, but like you don't have to get personal with people. I mm-hmm. feel like that's what happens all the time. Yeah. There's gonna be a day when uh I, I've always wanted to sit courtside at an NBA game and just marvel at the complete freak athletes that those guys are. I would, I don't even, I wouldn't have time to say anything. I'd just be like in complete awe and wonder be like, this is amazing, but not everyone's like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like, are we at a point where it's like a, a weird boundary, just constantly being crossed through the sports world and the fan world? You know what I'm uh, saying? No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's more, I think they're, they're, more like intertwined than ever before yeah because of social media and that's true i don't know access i don't know it's just well that's what i'm saying like like the access to we have like the you're right the access that is available to people now to get Mm -hmm. to athletes i feel like it's just i don't know yeah it's like a weird spot i uh i believe you 100 there all right um should we get into some Hawkeye basketball? Let's Talk some college sports, some Hawkeye basketball, a little clone, and have some fun here. Iowa, the Jekyll and Hyde. The Jekyll and Hyde season continues. <laughs> Penn State, they come out. I was about ready to text you that game. I was like, oh, my gosh, first four minutes. We're white hot. Tony's getting steals. Things are falling, looking great, and then it all falls apart. Uh, and they still had a chance to win at the end. Um, blew a late second half lead. Tough way to go out, but um, can't have that. Can't have that on the road, especially when we're needing those games big time and you got a lead like that. Did you watch the Penn State game or at least see enough highlights to have a little vomit in your mouth like I did? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you just go down the line of these games now. They, they, they're easily four games going to win in their way in favor. Uh huh. Yep, and you're taking care of those four games. I know we're not gonna. We haven't touched on uh, 
their last game, but looking going forward, they're only two wins away from being top three in the Big Ten. Like, how mm-hmm. insane is that? Yeah, completely insane. Crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, six and seven being opportunity to be nine and seven have a a double buy in the Big Ten yeah. tournament after everything that's been happening. I mean, that's Big Ten. I mean, that's Big Ten basketball right there. You just yep. somehow, some way, you're just always in it. It's a dogfight. And uh, I think the main topic of discussion by fans, and even I was scratching my head a little, being like, what's going on here? Um, Perk and Peyton were on the bench for a long time in the first half while the lead was evaporating. Things were getting a little out of hand. We've touched on this before, and I can't remember the answer he gave me, but I mean, I have a hard time thinking a coach just forgets a guy's there. So maybe he's going with what he thinks is best for the team right now. But I, me personally, it was a struggle for me to watch those guys be on the bench while Penn State went on a 16-2 run and um, not call a timeout and maybe get them back in there. I know if you saw that and what your thoughts were. Yeah. the. I mean, let's be honest. Fran's subbing has always been his way. You know, he's always done it his way, no matter what anyone ever thinks, no mm-hmm. matter you know, even probably what players think at the time. It's always his way, whatever he thinks is going to be best. The thing I always revert back to is he's never going to try to put a lineup in to lose a basketball game. Sure. So I think people need to take that to note that no matter what happens, no matter what product is on the floor, he's never going to try to jeopardize a basketball game to lose it. So try to keep that in the back of mind. I know at times it can be tough. I mean, even I was questioning Josh Dick should have been in the game at the the end of the uh what was the Penn, the Penn State game at Penn State? Mm-hmm. Yep. The last 10, 10 minutes, he should have been in the game. Um, so there's questions and criticism that is warranted. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it's his team. It's his way. He's going to do what he thinks is best to win a basketball game, no matter yeah. what anyone else thinks. Um, so I think that's a, that's always important. That I even Because I've experienced it firsthand, obviously. So I know that, okay, he's not going to do something that's going to purposely – you know, be detrimental to the team. Yeah, so for sure. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and then it can that kind of carries into what I was going to mention next in the second half, those it was, um, <clears throat> uh, price Sanford was in there and Pat and some of our reserves when we got hot and actually got the lead back. And then I think we had a 10 point lead. And at that point I was thinking like, okay, awesome. Those guys have, done incredible done their job let's get the starters back in now and try to close this game out and then the starters got put back in after a 10-0 run that i think tied it up again late and i was just thinking to myself gosh dang i think those guys could have got in there a little sooner maybe than we could have kept the lead and maybe slowly put things away but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. who knows if that actually would have happened or not yeah and i mean that's exactly right hindsight's always twenty twenty. you never know i think <clears throat> The other thing to look at too is the kind of the res- resiliency on a lot of these teams that he's always had. I think that reverts back to mixing up and changing lineups. Um, and, and hear me out here a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make this full circle. But yep. his ability to mix and match a lot of lineups is very rare in college basketball because, as you see throughout college basketball, the, Every team has their set five guys that always play together normally. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. throw one point guard here, one different center here, and a lineup here or there across the country. But Fran's been notorious about bringing a lot of guys in different lineups together. Um, and I think that ability has caused Iowa to be such a resilient team late games because the teams are just as – as a player trying to scout teams – and you're you're going through practice and understanding what they run and play. You you get you get known for the set guys that you think are going to be in the game for thirty plus minutes, especially late game. Mm-hmm. So re, re, majority of your practice and scouts going to be around those guys. So I think Fran's ability to be able to mix and match has caused Iowa to be able to make some really late game runs <clears throat> in the past. If that makes sense, because yeah, the the opposing team is just so. One caught off guard was our offense because we run just random stuff. It's you can't even scout our offense. It's all mm-hmm. motion offense. And two, the kind of different guys he can throw in and shuffle around to really mix up 
make the players think on the opposing team like oh wait who who is this guy what does he exactly do does he dribble does he drive right pull up does he dribble left with step backs normally what's his tendencies you get them thinking when they start thinking i mean that, that's when you really got the team you start making the opposing teams think yeah it's, it's kind of over for them that's a good insight right there i never really thought of it that way that's why we got you here that's yeah that's why I'm here. That's why, that's why what you say oftentimes is more important than what I say. But I'm I mean, also, relief. yeah, but I mean, you're exactly right still, though. There, I think there's still times where that can get you. There's downsides and pros to anything you do. You mean, everyone yeah. knows that. I mean, there's downsides to playing, you know, a bunch of guys and shuffling them late game. There's downsides to sticking with a group of guys. Sure. So it's just, it's just how you want to coach your team. Yep. I, uh, a couple, one more note I had from the Penn State game, and this kind of goes in with the Minnesota game too, as we kind of mesh them together. Laggy, I I need that guy to stop shooting threes. He when he's in, he he plays good post defense, or I mean, sometimes he gets a little over aggressive and fouls. But um, I guess if we got him there for depth, it's not the end of the world. But he's looking at when he shoots everyone else is kind of running to the other end of the court and he's like the only one that really gets in there and crashes a lot and owen does a little too but usually they're not in together and got to have that guy stop shooting threes and like you said an episode ago let's just focus on defense and rebounding that's your role period and Uh uh-oh uh i can't remember what you said and he's not as good as nick bear defense (laughs) rebound Hustle your ass off. Oh, yeah. Hustle. There we go. Foul the shit out of people. Yep. Hack. Four. That's what you do. Yep. Every time you go in the game, you do those four things. Within a possession, maybe. Do all yep. four of those things in possession. That's a win. Oh, man. That's a win right there. And if that possession happens, that would fire me up because that's how I played in high school. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> you, got, you need those teams, but he's just not a yep. guy that should be shooting the ball. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry if that hurts people's feelings, but... I would say the same thing to his face if I was on the team right now. I would say, don't mm-hmm. shoot the fucking ball. Yep. And hopefully you'd listen because uh, you're not just some rando. You actually played there and were a captain. Yeah. And don't. And again, I said this last episode too, he will have the ability to do that later on in his mm-hmm. career. But right now, those certain guys, Tony, Payton, um, Crickies earned his right to be able to shoot the ball. Um, I'm trying to think who else deserves probably more than eight shots a game. Um, Owen, maybe? Oh, Dix. yeah, Owen, Dix. Like, those five guys deserve to shoot the ball more than, I think, six to eight times a game. And yep. after that, there's really no more shots to be left over for anyone else, in my opinion. The, yep. the guys that come in are all role players, and they should all just do those four things, in my opinion. Right on. Well, um, Minnesota game, we move on to that. And which what I thought was like, all right, we just pissed away another one at Penn State. We have to have this like period end of story, must win, or it's NIT. Here we come. And then that start happens. And oh my gosh. First of all, I went from the Iowa women's game to that. The contrast of screaming and yelling because Nebraska wanted so badly to beat Iowa in that girls' game in that environment. And then to the Iowa men's game was just because there's just less anxiety. There's not a scoring record on the line and all this stuff. The contrast was nuts. It almost felt like I had the TV on mute there for a little bit. But, yeah, the first, the start for Iowa against Minnesota, I'm not – I have watched a lot of Iowa games, and when I say this, I just always – when I say things like this, I always exclude the Licklider years because that was just three years of absolute suck. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a worse start by an Iowa basketball team in quite some time, possibly my lifetime. <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We we were texting back and forth, and I was. I don't even remember what I said. I, I don't know. If I even said some nice words, but um, it was embarrassing. Happy. I mean, no. I mean, it was embarrassing, and I. It's yeah. not like the guys don't know that too. Like Coach McCaffrey knows that, so I think you can only imagine what that halftime talk was when they came out of the the um tunnel in the second half what yep. coach McCaffrey said to those guys i guarantee you is probably around the same exact things we were talking about like guys this is this is embarrassing what are we doing mhm what and yeah i mean don't get me wrong minnesota had their best shooting game of the year they had a lot of open shots we were not closing out on threes and we were getting burned in the zone but they were making 
they were making way more <laughs> than they do in a normal. So that led to it a little. They were just having an unreal night, at least in the first half. But yeah, uh, man, those I don't know about zone. Did you like playing zone when you played? Because it looked like they were just getting open shots left and right. And maybe our guys were just a little not on it in the first half and they weren't hitting their defensive rotations and stuff, but that zone was driving me nuts. Did I like playing zone is your question? Yeah. Your thoughts on zone versus man from personal experience, personal experience, (laughs) no judgments, no judgments, whatever. I hated zone. There you go. I hated it. It seems to be a common, a, a common opinion among most people I ask. I, I understood why we played it at times, but man, did I I, I butt heads with no obviously Coach McCaffrey, we had utmost respect for him, but you know, there's mm-hmm. times where we're like, we gotta get all his own sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. And he and a lot of the times he was agreeing, like, yeah, let's change it up, let's go to let's twelve press, let's go to man man to man. Um so you gotta give credit to coach because you always listen mm-hmm. to his players, like what's working, what's not. Um, but I hated playing zone. Anytime we were playing zone, I, I just – it's just so hard to play at that high of a level because there's so many good shooters that are in the league and in the NCAA – or in college basketball too. Because you got to think about zone. You're really, you're really guarding your – you're guarding a zone, right? That's why they call it zone. So, mm-hmm. But you also have to rely so much more on the help around you like help defense on man is one thing, but zone is so complicated because you're technically stationed in the area, but there's so many different like situations where you got to cover a different area. Like if it go mm-hmm. somehow makes the way into the free throw line, then you know the the back right guy's got to drop down and slide under the big guy if they drop. But if they stay out in the corner, they got to stay stay out in the corner. And the middle guy's got to stay in. But the left opposing guy's got to come in a little bit, and the left yeah. corner guy's a little open. So the left, the left side of the point guard on top of the zone's got to slide to the left. But that leaves open the middle of the three-point arc if someone slides over. So there's so many like situations that make it so complicated to do. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I mean, I love playing against zone in college. I'm like, this is, it's not even defense. I mean, you get open shot every possession. <laughs> It yeah. really is, though. It, re- it really is. You can yeah. get an open shot every single possession in zone. Shooter's dream. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, from my vantage point, I mean, I played a lot of basketball, and I consider myself a smart basketball mind. When if, if you're in a 2-3 or 3-2, whatever it might be, your guys in the post are having to go out and help guard a little more. And with the zone spacing on a missed shot, more guys are open from the team that shot it to get in for an O-board. And – this kind of transitions into what I was going to say. Cricky is he's a good threat offensively and with you know his mid-range twos and stuff like we talked about and down low, but in my mind, he's a little bit of a defensive liability. He's been getting pushed around pretty bad. I've been trying to watch him on defense. He gets back down pretty easily and pushed around, and when they're in the zone and he's down there by himself fighting for rebounds if Owen's not in the game or Owen has to step out and guard, boy, we're giving up a lot of O rebounds with him down there. And it's not, I'm not trying to knock the guy. He's just, he's just not a, a Reggie Evans. <laughs> he can't hold his own and then completely clear the lane out and get a board on his own. He needs help. And, and when he's fighting for tips in there and he's just not able to quite go up and quite aggressively grab it, that's, I think the zone is hurting us rebounding wise too. In Minnesota, they had a lot of second, uh, second chance threes there in the first half of that game because of that. Yeah. I uh, not that I've been struggling to watch him because I know he's a very very good player. I think he's just been struggling to. I mean, I think it's a prime example, Adam, of how hard it is to play at a high level in the in mm-hmm. Division One because you can be. I mean, he averaged eighteen plus at Valpo, I believe, and he was. I think he was all conference or all all yep. player of the year of the conference, yep. maybe. I mean, he's a very, very phenomenal player, but you're seeing how hard it is to play the grind of a Big Ten schedule for the time being. And you can be great for a couple games here or there, but, I mean, it is very – you struggle a lot to get used to it and adjust to it. And I think that difference between a Missouri Valley-caliber type conference compared to a Power 5 Big Ten is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's uh, outliers here or there, but – 
majority of the teams are they're no joke of players that are going to these schools that yeah it's a it's tough to adjust to that's why freshmen struggle so much i mean you look at brock harding he hasn't really played much in the in the conference play he's played here nope. there and he's played well when he's came in but he's he's trying to adjust to the speed of the game and athleticism and people that are very 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 high rated players coming out of high school into these schools it's really tough as a as a new person coming in at a conference trying to adjust yeah. to that and I, I and I know what both of them are, are dealing with because I went through it too. Just trying to adjust to all that, it's really hard. It is really hard to do. Yeah, big time. And look at, I mean, your freshman year. Look at the veterans and all the players that are around you. This year's freshmen are, I think, having to be asked to step up maybe a little more when they're in the game. Versus, I'm not saying they didn't ask a lot of you because you obviously had an awesome freshman year. You had some good veteran leadership around you and guys who could maybe help pick up the slack a little versus yeah. right now. So No, you're you're exactly right. That's what that's what's so hard for a lot of these freshmen. Owen is playing way better than I thought he would because of that. Yeah. I thought what you're saying, because of that, he was gonna struggle this year because there wasn't gonna be a lot of you know, veterans to really relieve that pressure off of a freshman yeah. to try to excel. So you're exactly right. This year he's just been exceeding every expectation I think anyone had ever had of him. Mm -hmm. But there's also, you know, there's, there's those few freshmen that they just haven't really excelled as much as they hoped. But I think a lot, a lot of that has to deal with exactly what you said, because, you know, looking back, even at my career, just having Peter Jock on the floor with me to just relieve so much pressure from, right. you, know, you know, I knew my job was to get him the ball and find him. And when he was open, but, you know, it freed me up to have so many open shots because as soon as we got him going and people were worried about him, you know, that that relieves so much pressure off everyone else. And that yeah. makes the game a lot easier. Right on. Yep. Uh, so and that, you know, Cricky as a defensive liability, this kind of goes with what I'm going to, you know, we can re close out Minnesota here. Second half. Pat played a ton, and he played really good defense, was crashing the boards. He's as tall as Cricky. He's athletic. It had me thinking that I almost want to see more Pat in there. I think he's starting to carve out his role here recently and understand what his role is, and I was – I don't know. It had me thinking maybe more Pat in there over Cricky for defensive um, presence, and he played way more than Cricky in the second half when Iowa – just went savage mode on defense. Uh, granted, Minnesota started missing some shots that were open that they were hitting the first half, but the defensive effort from Iowa was intense in the second half, and I I attribute a lot of that to Pat and Owen together in the post, and then the guards got scrappy and got after it at the top of the key, but it had me thinking, I don't know. Pat, he just seems a little bit better defensively than Cricky down there. I don't know if he should play more or, or what, but I was – it was something I was thinking about a lot watching that second half. I think one thing, as much criticism as Pat has gotten, when people play really well, they deserve just the amount of same. Energy. Yeah, he played awesome. Yeah, exactly. Just the same amount of injury on the other side, too, when he plays really well. And he played phenomenal. He's probably the reason why they won that game, to be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. I know everyone else stepped up, but Pat, without Pat, they wouldn't have won that Minnesota game. Um, so he deserves all the credit he 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 deserves because he's gotten mm -hmm. so much hate on the other side as well too. Yep. Um, but with the, the thing with Pat, you're exactly right. The more I look at it, and I think we spoke on this a little bit towards the beginning of the season. But having a guy like Pat, and I don't I don't want to take away minutes from you know Cricky, but he's just been playing really well. Mm -hmm. The thing with Pat, he allows defense. I feel defense is a lot easier for the team as as a team defense not just individually wise because pat can switch one through five he can guard one yep. through five no question cricky on the other hand they're i mean as people are seeing they're putting way more ball screens minnesota runs a ton of ball screen offense and mm -hmm. they run that side ball screen action cricky really struggles when he's in that ball screen action yeah um and i as you saw in the second half they we call it dog every single ball screen they dogged it so what that means is they went up in a double team the guy that was coming off the ball screen and then they shut it out what shut it out means they denied the ball from everyone else on the court leaving the guy that's farther away from the basket open making a really hard pass for them to make it 
So as you saw when Pat was in there, they're dogging a lot of these ball screens and they're making the point guard really struggle to find an opening guy. And what that does is that pretty much eliminates all ball screen action. They're basically, sure. you're scrambling for your life, if you will. You have to try to just survive with the ball and try not to turn it over. And one of that in turns is it makes the defense the offense because they're making the offense you know, really defensive, completely switches the role of the whole concept of that ball screen o- offense that Minnesota is trying to do to our big guys. And I think having Pat in there, that was just a game changer because they weren't able to do anything on offense when, when that was happening. Yeah. He's had a very nice run the past two, and he even hit some threes. From my personal standpoint, I'd maybe like to see him take a few less threes and drive more because he's a very good, difficult shot maker, and he's kind of turning into one of our two best free throw shooters here recently. He's been great at the line, and so he did make a couple threes, but me personally, I'd like to see him drive more, get to the line, um, less threes, and I think that'll open up opportunities for our guys who are a little more consistent three-point shooting-wise. But, yeah, I'm pumped for the way he's been playing. That was very well said by you. Thank you. I, as I, always. I played my fair share of basketball games. Yes, as <laughs> always. The jet-setting Jordan with the wonderful opinions. Jet-setting. Uh, all right, Hawks' next game here, Wednesday night. Big one. Not necessarily a absolute must-win in my opinion, but definitely probably need it. Uh, your favorite place to play, maybe, Old Maryland, where you just shot lights out from three in your career. And, I mean, is there is there a vengeance or a revenge kind of thought that you think these guys are having, thinking about the bad taste, how they lost to him last time, or is it just business as usual, don't try to get overhyped thinking about that last game? A little bit of both. I think – you know, this is starting to get crunch time here. Seven games yeah. left in the Big Ten schedule. You're looking, they win at Minnesota, or they win at Maryland, and they play at Wisconsin at home. That's going to be a really tough one. But they mm-hmm. take care of those two games. They're, they're looking at a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Yep. Granted, they have a beast of a schedule coming up with yep. how it's set up, what they have left um, with home and away games. It feels like they have a home and away every other game coming yeah, up it's, here. It's but a tough one. Yeah, it's going to be a grind for them to try to pull this off. But, I mean, this is what it's all about. You take care of a game or so here or there. I mean, we talk about it every week. You just take care of what you need to take care of. It's amazing where you can be at after that. And, I mean, they just won a really big game against Minnesota after coming off a you know a dud against Penn State. They took care of their home game, and now they're looking at 6-7 and seven conference, and they have the ability to be a t- double by in the tournament. I mean, it's just it's crazy to think about because they have not been good this year, but they're still right there in a double bye. Yeah, they are. It's uh, at Maryland tomorrow night and then Wisconsin at home at Michigan State at Illinois. That's a tough three game stretch. Penn State at home at Northwestern, which is very hard to win at. And then Illinois at home. So I wrote down that if Iowa can go four and three in those last seven games, that would put them at 10 and 10 in conference play. I think they have to beat Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, Got to get Wisconsin at home. If you can't get them at Illinois, which is always tough at Illinois at home. And that gives them finally two quad one wins. And then if you win two games in the conference tourney, that puts you at 20 and 13 with two quad one wins. And it'd be tough for a big 10 team not to get in as maybe a 10 seed or something like that. So there is still a path in my opinion. But it's a tough stretch coming up. Their prime number is 20 wins. Yep. I feel like that's always the number we talk about when there's teams on the bubble. If Iowa can get to 20 wins, I don't care how, who, who they beat, doesn't matter. If they can get to 20 wins by the NCAA tournament, they'll make the NCAA tournament. Yep, no question. So there's a path. And let's hope we uh, get the win tomorrow night at Maryland. Maybe – Maybe Peyton Sanford will channel his inner Bohan and go like eight for 10 from three. That'd be kind of nice. Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Or get him 10. Uh, get, him, get 11, yeah. dude. Break you know, that record. Screw it. 11 Break for 11. Break. Screw it. Yeah. Do it. Uh, all right. Iowa State. Iowa State is officially in the top 10. Did you see that? Congrats to TJ and the clones. Um, they went and 
Let's see here. They won at Texas, a game that I said here on the air I did not see happening, and then they were way ahead and then only ended up winning by a few, but they held on to one. I thought Max uh, A. Smith would light him up from three. I was completely wrong. Um, there's That's a common theme, by the way, in my college basketball picks lately. I'm on a two-week absolutely horrendous downslide in picks. That's how it goes, though. Uh, it's not going to stop me from betting on DRF Sportsbook, by the way. And then Iowa State put the clamps on TCU in a great defensive effort uh, in Hilton. And they are looking pretty in the Big 12 race right now, especially because Kansas lost last night to Joe T in the Fighting Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Um, I think Iowa State plays at Cincinnati tonight, and they're dogs. This is pretty much a must-win game for uh, Big 12 juggernaut Cincinnati Bearcats. (laughs) <laughs> how weird is that it's so weird yeah uh, Iowa State they're rolling right now um, definitely know their identity and who they are and it's going to be a fun one to watch at Cincinnati tonight so we'll see if they can keep it up but things are looking good for the old clones right now Jabo. the Big 12 is a beast I'm not surprised at all Iowa State has been able to do what they have been able to do I think they're a very well disciplined team they play really great defense they're getting so much better on offense as a team from where yeah. they were two to three years ago when TJ came in they just seem like they just bought they bought in every single player is bought into the role that they need to have in order for mm-hmm. this game to be a juggernaut like they are so I mean we talked about it a month or so ago Adam I wouldn't be surprised look at Iowa State having a huge run in the in in postseason play just because mm-hmm. they play really good defense if they can continue playing really solid offense they don't have to play great offense but really solid offense moving into postseason play because yeah. realistically every team that makes in the postseason they're they're solid defensive teams like you're gonna have to really work to score the ball but i feel like i always look on the off on the offensive end when any any separation happens because I feel like the really solid, the the more solid offense you have, the better you're going to perform in the NCAA tournament just because of, you know, how good everyone already is on the defensive end on those top, you know, 60 plus teams that are in there. So Iowa State just needs to continue, you know, having a lot of those guys that are coming in and knowing their role, because at the end of the day, that's what's, that's the, that's the key separator too, having those role players that, they don't come in and try to jack stuff up or ruin the flow of the game. They just stick to what TJ has taught them to do, um, and that's hustle their butt off and rebound, play defense, get to the guys yeah. that are going to score, you know, shoot when you're open, you know, just basic simple concepts that Iowa State holds true to their team, and I think that's why they're going to be, you know, really, really a tough out in the in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no question. Um, so right now. So every year that the tournament, the first rounds are in Des Moines and Omaha, me and two of my best friends since elementary school go. And so we're going to buy tickets uh, here sometime in the next couple of weeks to go to Omaha for the first round. And Iowa State currently is projected to be there. And I, I'm not going to be mad if Iowa State wins. I want them to have success, but I'm not going to be rooting for them. And so if I'm in Omaha – and Williams and Van Winkle and these other Iowa State fans from Iowa everywhere are there, and they see me rooting against them. I hope that I hope they don't fire me. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I uh, if they get Omaha, which I would imagine they will, I mean that's almost a guaranteed Sweet Sixteen for Iowa State. Like that crowd there will be nuts. It's almost I don't want to say guaranteed because nothing's guaranteed in the postseason, but man having a, a home crowd that I know Iowa state fans are going to travel to Omaha too. Oh yeah. That's going to be a hard place to play for any opposing team. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I obviously if Iowa state's there, Chris and we'll probably be there covering it, but for the other games, Williams, let's find a way to get me a pass. Let me do some Iowa everywhere coverage there. I'll go make some videos, make some content with some other teams, maybe some cornfield combos live from Omaha. <laughs> Let's make it happen, baby. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, I went. Oh, Des Moines last year was so much fun. We saw, we saw Arkansas knock off Kansas, and we were sitting like right under the hoop. It was amazing. We saw Arkansas knock off Kansas, Penn State, Texas. I don't remember who Arkansas played the first first round, but it was 
there's nothing like obviously you've been there as a player um as a fan event it's tough to beat nothing like march madness there is obviously i'm biased but there's not a better sporting event than march madness Mm -hmm. out there i would agree completely i don't and i don't even think it's close to be honest i would agree um all right let's get into the ag minute here quick sponsored by terraplex ag terraplex ag is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast farming is it ain't the 1800s anymore ladies and gentlemen farming there's a lot of technology involved now and terraplex ag is here to help you with that via their drones they specialize in drones and you can apply late season foliar feed or cover crop or get some good aerial footage of your farm there's so many ways that drones can help you um with your farming game and up your game so check out terraplex ag if you're interested in that they would love to help you out and love to take your farming game to the next level and we'll play the song that they play for the of that the ad starts our show off with and we'll swag surf together swag surf (laughs) all right um I don't want to bring the mood down before we get into some more college basketball talk and finish this, but the, I did want to shout out in the ag minute. I wanted to mention Bill Northy. You probably have no idea who that is. Um, he's from spirit Lake, Iowa. He passed away unexpectedly. He's the former Iowa secretary of ag. Um, so he is a close family friend of our family. Actually, my mom's from spirit Lake and my mom and aunt have known his family for a long time. And I, just wanted to shout him out because he did unbelievable things for the ag community like his whole life his lifeblood was how do we support farmers how do we make agriculture better and he was in uh when sonny purdue got hired as the um national secretary of ag or whatever he hired northy northy went and worked in dc with him and so this was a huge funeral like tons of politicians and former Iowa governors and all sorts of big names were there because Bill was a big deal. Um, and so I just wanted to shout out him. We need people like him in the ag industry because sometimes, you know, sometimes there's people in the office who maybe farming goes by the wayside, but it's so important to support farming and help out, especially when times get tough, if commodity prices get bad. And he was always there like to absolute go to war, um, on behalf of farmers and help them out to make sure that they always had what they needed, especially in tough times, because we got to eat, we got to eat or we die. So I just wanted to shout him out in the egg minute. He was a legend. Um, I had the chance to get to know him and hang out with him a few times here and there. Huge sports fan, loved his cyclones, um, but also supported all teams in the state. So I just wanted to shout him out in the egg minute and hope that his family is okay moving forward and that um, they just remember him for the amazing man he was. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Is uh, his whole family still in Spear Lake area? Uh, his wife, yeah, so his parents still live there, and the burial was there last Sunday, a couple of days ago. Uh, he lived in Des Moines, and um, the funeral was there at uh, Valley E-Free. That's where he went, Valley E-Free in Des Moines. So that's where the funeral was, and then the burial was the next day, Sunday, in Spirit Lake. So his parents lived there. His wife's in Des Moines. I'm not sure where his daughters and stuff are, but um, he was a freaking cool dude. Sounds like it. So anyway, I didn't want to bring the mood down, but I had to talk about him in the Ag Minute. And I'm sure tons of people listening to this, or at least Terraplex guys or maybe people in Ag, knew who he was and knew how important he was to the Ag industry. Yeah. All right. to him and his family. Yep, right on. Um, the national landscape of college basketball is nuts um so nuts that you can go and almost be guaranteed if you want to go in the drf sportsbook app to lose money because it's so unpredictable that's what i've been doing lately um going on there and losing money because apparently the worst team in the country if they're at home has the chance to beat the best team in the country and it's been complete chaos uh have you been paying attention much to you're so busy you don't just sit on the couch like me a single man and watch basketball nonstop. Last year, I sat I sat and watched a lot of games. This year, I'm just following them more on my phone. Sure. However, I did watch last night Kansas and Texas Tech. Dude, it is bad. just like what you're right. What's happening in college basketball? I'm, I don't think I've seen 
I mean, I feel like we say this every single year, but this year, dude, is just crazy. I mean, Nuts. Kansas comes in and they lose to Texas Tech. who's not even rated. It was a 29-point game. Yep. Kansas, we're talking about the Jayhawks. They lose yep. them by 30 to a, a, a te- Texas Tech team. Don't get me wrong, Texas Tech is very, very good this year. Mm-hmm. But, Especially at home. Yeah. But that was a bludgeoning. And, I mean – your former guy Toussaint, your teammate, he's out there hitting three. His he's gotten he's gotten to be a lot better shooter in the last couple of years. He's out there hitting threes, making crazy plays on defense. Kansas has they have a like one of the best starting fives in the country. Their bench is basically non-existent. So I don't know if that's going to hurt them in March or between TV timeouts and other stuff. If they'll get enough rest where they can just ride with those five, but. When Dickinson and McCullers are going, you know, inside, outside, they got, I mean, they have a good starting five, but we'll see how the lack of depth affects them come tourney time. They definitely have that factor going to impact them. Yeah. Because depth is a huge thing coming into this late season play. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, so some Big Ten, Big 12 stuff. Michigan State, they go and lose at Minnesota. I have them... Like three weeks ago, I put some money on them to make the Final Four and win the national title. Probably not going to happen, but I was like, this is awesome value if it does happen. Because I, they have one of the best backcourts in the country with Hogard and, um, oh my gosh, I forget Walker. the other. Yeah, Hogard, Walker, and uh, the third guy, Jalen or something. I can't remember, but they're backcourt or their, yeah, their backcourt is so good and guards are so important in March. And if Sissoko, is doing his thing down low and Hall, like they can make a run, but they're so confusing. And then they turn around and beat Illinois at home and the atmosphere was nuts. That was a fun game to watch, but it's just so hit or miss. Purdue, they rolled through the week. Uh, Wisconsin, have you seen what's happening with Wisconsin? They're completely tanking. They lost at Michigan and Rutgers. They're struggling now. Um, shout out to Wisconsin for losing me my parlay on Saturday that I was very confident in because they lost the freaking Rutgers Ugh, at home. By a lot, too. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. And then, you know, if you run over to the Big 12, Houston, they're rolling. They had a good week. We obviously talked about Kansas. It's just it's chaotic. This is going to be one of the more nutty marches. Um, Big 12 is Oh my gosh, what a gauntlet. It's like impossible to win on the road, it seems like. So, I don't know. I like Cincinnati tonight, if I'm being honest. But last time I said that about Iowa State on the road, look what happened. I lost my parlay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Michigan State's weird to me to kind of start where you where you started. Yeah. They're such a good team, like, in my opinion. Like, they're, they're so talented. Yeah. They have so many guys that have the ability to, to make such a huge impact. This postseason play, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I don't know what what's going on with them this year. But I mean, they, what was they? They started three in the country preseason, yep. and because now they they're... brought back their entire team from a Sweet Sixteen team, added a four-star freshman and a five-star freshman, and I was thinking those guys are going to thrive with all these returning veterans, and mm-hmm. it's been a struggle. I still want to be shocked. I still think. Final four for them is possible. Oh, I know that question. sounds wild, but their their team is just so solid. I, I just it's hard for me to believe they're just gonna give up and roll over this easily. I mean, yep. I watched them against Illinois. What was that what was that last week? Mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah. I mean they just they look phenomenal against Illinois. Yeah. They look like they're running, they're sprinting, they're throwing the ball ahead, they're doing exactly what all Izzo teams have done for years on end. Yep. I was like, this team and no doubt in my mind, they're making the Final Four after I watched that game. Mm-hmm. And then they play Minnesota. <laughs> and scored uh, 53 points. It blows my mind. terrible. I've never seen a team more up and down in my life. <laughs> I have, I do have hope that uh, they're going to, I think they're going to get out of the physical, rough Big Ten. And I do think, I think that's why they thrive sometime in March. And, Purdue doesn't. Purdue, Zach Eady's getting a lot of whistles. They get comfortable with all the free throws and stuff, and then it kind of hurts them in March. And I don't know. It's like the guard play. It's so rough and physical and whistles, and I feel like guards can play more freely in March, 
And that's why I do think Michigan State traditionally makes more of a run than Purdue, even though Purdue a lot of times is a higher seed. Yeah. Purdue, I mean. They're looking stout yeah. right now. I, I, I don't know, though. Like, at the end of the day, I thought they were winning the national title last year, and look what happened. Yeah, well, I have – so I do a thing called Calcutta with three buddies, and uh, you dra- you pay – it's like an auction. You pay for teams you want, and then however much money was put in by, by everyone buying teams, and you decide how much money you win per round. So there's – I mean – if you're a higher seed team, screw you. You might lose twenty five hundred dollars that you have to owe, or you might make like ten grand. And we've stayed away from Purdue for three years straight. Thank God. Last year we were the last team bidding on them before someone else beat us. We would have lost our freaking behinds because they lost wow. in the first round to the six. Because of uh, one seed usually goes for four to five grand in this in this Calcutta thing, which is it's nuts to think about, but. Uh, I do think, though, this year, I don't know. I just got a feeling Purdue's going to the Final Four. I mean, I couldn't even tell you one way or the other. <laughs> I honestly couldn't. Yeah. I don't want to use uh, the past being indicated for what's going to happen in the future, but, yeah, man, they have not played well in postseason play. Yep. Uh, some other stuff outside of the Big Ten, Big 12. North Carolina, who I love. Um, lost at home to Clemson, which made no sense to me. Then they had a nice road win at Miami. I mean, it's just a, it's just a constant Jekyll Hyde. It's not just a Big Ten, Big Twelve. Auburn has a massive win against Bama. Then they lost to Florida. Uh, by the way, Tennessee is. I love Tennessee. They're my dark horse. I mean, they're not really a dark horse team. They're top ten, but they're kind of like Purdue. They always fail as a high seat in the tournament. But have you seen this Dalton Connect? Very good. Oh my gosh! If Edie's not. If Edie goes pro last year, Connect might be front runner for National yeah. Player of the Year. I agree. He with is that. a stud. So much fun to watch, and that's what he's why I'm high on Tennessee. Tennessee is usually kind of like Houston, a lot of rebounding and defense, a little offensively challenged. But with Connect, I do think Tennessee can make a run for sure in the tournament. Those Tennessee teams are a real deal. Mm-hmm. Played against one, and was it five years ago? They were yep. hard nosed. Hard nose, powerful, strong, tough. I mean, Big Ten's one thing, but I mean Tennessee has notoriously been. I don't know what they're where they're breeding these guys at. But. <laughs> oh man, um, Creighton is. Uh, so my preseason Final Four picks were Creighton, Michigan State, Marquette, and Purdue, or no, and Kansas, not Purdue. Um, Creighton. If they're on, they are so hard to beat, and it's Kalkbrenner. He's not great offensively, but his screening and defense, and he's a really good passer for a big guy, and I do think he's maybe the one guy in the tournament who can – I'm not saying anyone can neutralize Zach Eady, but one-on-one actually match up with him because his reach is crazy. He's 7-1. I would love to see a a Creighton versus Purdue matchup. That would be awesome. I do think Kalkbrenner can go one-on-one. With Zach Eady. Crane's a weird team too to me. They I mean they shoot a crap ton of threes, but yep. they all they have really great shooters. I'm not so sure uh spacing off their point guard. I play against him at Utah State. Trey uh, Alexander. Ash oh Ashworth. Ashworth, yeah. Ashworth. Steven Ashworth, yep. Yeah. I'm very great player, don't get me wrong, but I'm not so sure how impactful he's gonna be postseason play. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. Yep. Oh man, it's been so much fun to watch. Now football's over, and just all the focus can be on the ending of conference play. Marquette's starting to look great, and South Carolina reminds me of like your brother's uh, Wisconsin teams. Good defense. Do not play turnover or do not turn over the ball. Play a little slower pace, and they just win games efficiently and smartly. And I'm loving South Carolina right now. They remind me of old Wisconsin. I haven't Couple watched good much athletes and good defense. What's that? I haven't watched much South Carolina this year. I know, I know a little bit about their team. Yeah, they're doing good. And Marquette, my Final Four pick, looking solid right now. Tyler Kolick, he's a little baller, little white chocolate point guard. White chocolate. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, that was our rundown of the college basketball landscape. 
Use everything we just told you and go win tons of money with DRF Sportsbook. If you go to DRF Sportsbook either online or in the app, I think it's ia.drf.com. I don't want to get this wrong. I better pull it up. ia.drf.com. And you enter promo code Iowa300. They're going to match you up to $300 um, for your initial deposit. Plus, you'll get a bet credit of $50. And there's a lot of good stuff on there, a lot of promos, some boosts here and there. And they are an Iowa-based sports book, so support them. Support local. And as partners, let's help them blow up and become huge and eventually take over the world as a sports book. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, support local. That's what we got to do as Iowans, yep. right? Yes. There's a, there's a there's an ad that goes around Storm Lake, Iowa, that says, when you shop local, everybody wins. Shop local. <laughs> so do that. that <laughs> You'd know it if you lived around here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, so excited for Thursday night. Caitlin Clark likely going to become the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history. Shout out to her. There is on StubHub some courtside seats left for over nine grand. And the average, the average get-in price has been $561. The amount of money that woman That's just is, absurd, guys. is bringing in is crazy. Dude, she's making other universities so much money when they come. The line was like a mile and a half long, three hours before tip-off against Nebraska on Sunday in Lincoln. Like people are, people are. I mean, this is like the, this is like a Taylor Swift concert. This is people's one moment to go see greatness, and they're paying whatever it takes. Ten thousand is crazy, though. I don't know if I'd spend ten thousand dollars to watch a college <laughs> basketball game. No. 10 grand is just huh it's nuts but i'm so excited that uh for her i'm i think the having the record behind them will be good for the team it's just it's going to continue to be chaos but i don't know i'm not saying there's pressure but just having it behind them it's over with let's just move forward now we have our goals in front of us of you know trying to win the big 10 one seed make the final four i think that'll be good for him to have the record behind him yeah, I uh, I think I didn't watch much of the game, but I feel like that might have contributed a little bit to Nebraska game a little bit. Yeah, it was a bad fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I mean I haven't watched much, but I think that definitely was a that definitely was an impact on I feel like just from yeah. the outside from little little information that I know of. Mm-hmm. So well, and like Lisa Bluter got a little upset with the post game press conference stuff, and it's just we got to remember that. First of all, these kids, we watch them on TV all the time. And I used to be guilty of this. I'm trying to get a lot better of it. But we need to remember when we were in college and what complete dipshits we were. <laughs> these are 19, yeah. 20, 21 year old kids who have the spotlight on them. This is this is nuts. This is like LeBron's Beatles or LeBron's Heat, like the Heatles. Like they're taking it about as well as anyone possibly can. There's some tension occasionally. Some stuff might come up, and you just got to let it out because it's crazy what they're dealing with every game. I well, I haven't been on that type of platform before, but just seeing Luca Garza, I mean, I guess yeah. Luca. I mean, you can argue Luca was just as much. Yeah, he was a big ticket. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you think about just how much publicity is around that team right now in order to just survive a day-to-day operations without something being microphoned or something being recorded. It's just nonstop for them right now. Yeah. Can't imagine. And I mean, it's not just the college basketball media. It is everywhere. National news, national media doesn't matter the platform. They're talking about Caitlin Clark and, It's got to be a lot to deal with, but they sure seem to be handling it quite gracefully, I would say. Yep. So what's in store for you out in Cali? A little golf? Once I don't know. Clubs regripped? <laughs> yeah. I dealt with the... Tough travel. T- tough travel day yesterday. Don't ask me why, why I connected to Atlanta to go to Palm Springs, but I did. And <laughs> let's just say... Cedar Rapids to Atlanta to California. I will never... Ever do that again? 
<laughs> I will pay that. I will pay the extra three hundred dollars to connect to Minneapolis. Minneapolis is a great airport. Oh, fantastic! But the problem was, for whatever reason, it was three hundred and seventy-five extra dollars for me to go, which makes no sense for me to go see Rapids, Minneapolis to Palm Springs, rather than City Rapids, Atlanta, Palm Springs. So, Goofy. but yeah. Instead, I, I missed that connecting flight. Obviously, people yep. aren't getting that, and I went Cedar Rapids, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, then Palm Springs. Oh, quick stop with the Mormons. By, by, by the way, Salt Lake City, hands down. I want to move there someday, but it's hands beautiful. down, beautiful. The airport is the prettiest airport ever. I, I don't care who. I actually, I don't have. I been to. What's the yeah, Denver's pretty nice too. Salt Lake City might be honestly the best airport in the Love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. They just redid it or just made it. I don't know if it's redone or they built it, but it was it's absolutely gorgeous. Mountains like awesome. Hovering in the mountains. It's so cool. Uh, well, someday I'll have to fly into Salt Lake City just to experience it. I dude, it, yeah, it is one of my favorite places I've ever been. Just the awesome. city itself, too. It's so pretty. Right on. All right. Well, check out Iowa everywhere. Gosh, do I have the screen here? We got social media. You should go check us out. Here it is. We got Twitter or X, my apologies, X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook. Just search for Iowa everywhere. Look for my double chin and mustache, and you'll know you're in the right place. We're on all social media platforms. And thank you to Channel Seeds for the studio they have presented us. Obviously, they care more about Jordan and gave him a much nicer studio. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're in the Channel Seed Studios. Terraplex Ag, we thank them for their sponsorship. And go to DRF Sportsbook and wager. And put a little more emphasis on the home team. There's my advice. But what do I know? I'm on a losing streak. Don't right. listen to losers. <laughs> Don't listen to losers. All right. I have a feeling you're going to go make some memes out in sunny California. So I'm going to let you go. I yeah, I need to clear my sinuses a little bit. Breathe the desert air. All right. Well, Tuesday mornings are always a wonderful day for me because I get to see you and talk on these mics. And it's what I love to do. Mwah. All right. See you later, folks. Iowa everywhere.